0: This is an interesting message. Um, we're going to talk about Rahab. Now, Rahab in a, in a little different way and how we, as Christians, can be, as men and women, can be a lot like Rahab, who was a prostitute. Huh. John, you calling me names? No, 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 no. Follow with me. James 2, 24-26, So you see, we're shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab, the prostitute, is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also is faith dead without good works. So we're going to be looking at Rahab, and although she lived a life of sin, she celebrated twice in the, in the New Testament as a great believer. Hebrews 11.31, it was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her, in her city who refused to obey God, for she was given a friendly welcome to the spies. Uh, then James 2.25, Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers And sent them safely away by a different road. So I see three things that stand out about Rahab's faith in this account this morning. The first is that her faith was based not on who she is, but who God is. Our faith is not based on who we are, but on who God is. The second thing, her faith in God arose out of what she heard about God not necessarily from what she personally experienced. It's the same way with us. Our trust in God was how we, uh, uh, how we heard from the beginning. In, in uh, uh, Romans, we, we see how uh, how blessed are the feet of of the. Or not in no, you Catch up with me. How blessed are the feet of uh, those who are who are sent. For the preparation of the gospel of peace, and not by what we personally experienced about God, because some of us may have had in our early early times, uh, our early life, a very negative experience with God. You know, I prayed that, that uh, my grandmother would live. This happened to my, my brother-in-law, who is with the Lord today, uh, Sarita's half-brother, uh, he prayed that uh, his, he, I mean, he lived for, for the Lord for probably 13, 14 years, and his mom had cancer and died, and he prayed that God would remove this cancer from her, and he would follow her, follow him the, the, the rest of the days of his life, and she died. God took her home, and he turned his back on God, never to have come back to serve him again. Some may say, well... Raymond probably wasn't saved to begin with. Yeah, he was. But he was relying on experience rather than having his trust in the true and living God. The third thing is uh, Rahab's faith led to action. Our faith leads to action. Who we know, who we, who, our, our relationship with Jesus Christ will move us to do something to, to fulfill that which we've been called to do by God, so let's look at that first thing. That her faith was based not on who she is, but on who God is. Uh, despite her uh, a non-existent theology, Rahab's trust in the Lord was sufficient to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the coming Messiah. Our faith is not based on who we are, but what we have done, for, uh, or what or what we have done, or future potential. Our faith is based on who God is. So Rahab not only acknowledged that the God of Israel was the true Lord, but she obviously trusted Him. See, we Christians can be really judgmental when it comes to uh, looking at new believers. Uh, if they don't say the exact words that we think they need to be saying when they, when they pray the, the sinner's prayer, when they ask to receive Christ as their... As their Personal savior, you know they they uh, some some purists will say you can't ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart because that's not where the, the heart is a physical uh, organ. He doesn't come into our lives. He's, he come he come into our heart. He he comes into our lives. Well, you know God understands that, but we purists get all torqued when we're not using the same the the the, the right lingo, or. Or if they don't dress right. You know, the the, we've had people that have come in to church that have just recently that haven't even they come in and they, they weren't saved. But they left born again as you or I. But they come back and they still dress grubby, as you would say, or as we as Christian would say. So if they don't dress right, they must not be saved. If they don't say the right thing, they must not be saved. Or their language is earthy. I remember we had a guy in here a long time ago, and he was talking to Miss Carrie, and, and uh, he, he was saying things that Carrie had to go home and ask Craig what they meant. I mean, it was pretty vile. <laughs> but, but he was born again. He just hadn't been educated, and he hadn't grown in terms of who the Lord is. Well, if he talks like that, he can't be saved. Dresses like that, he can't be saved. Doesn't pray the right words, use the right words. What he he can't be saved. But but here's a woman who made her living as a prostitute, placing her faith in God, and because of her trust in Him, she was saved. Her heart was right before God. Now you know we we uh, we hammer on on Rahab pretty hard about what she did for a living, and, and rightfully so. She she wasn't. Uh, She wasn't the uh, uh, didn't get the key to the to the town. I mean, she was a pavement princess for crying out loud. But she was still she was a businesswoman. Her heart was right before God. He graciously accepted her faith, and and for that for her her uh, extended to her uh, the righteousness of Christ. He also accepted her protection of the spies. Uh, as obedience to him. And, and she was justified by works when she received these guys and then sent them out another way, protected them, stuck them in a basket and lowered them over the, the wall so they could make their way out of, out of town without being hurt. Her outward life of faith manifested her inner life of faith. Her outward life of faithfulness Manifested her life, in her life of faith. But she wasn't perfect. We aren't perfect. I don't know that we're... Uh, I, I, I'm looking here, and I don't see any prostitutes. Uh, wouldn't mind if we had a few of them of any kind of sinner. It, it makes no difference. But her pre- profession was, was despicable. And her lying, and she did lie was sinful. She had been raised in a depraved pagan society that the Lord was about to destroy in which lying in all sorts of gross sin was commonplace. This is how she was raised. But when she had the opportunity to demonstrate her trust in the Lord, she placed her life on the line. Imagine with me for a minute that, that uh, the law of the land is such that if you're caught worshiping, coming to church, you'll be killed. Imagine that when that's discovered, your family, your friends, your grandchildren, more friends, your neighbors, everybody who's associated with you is killed because of your relationship with with the church. You're at lunch in school, eating with your friends. Out of out of habit, you bow your head to thank God for for providing this food, and somebody in the lunchroom sees you, turns you in. You and all your friends that were with you in that table would be killed. Your neighbor's struggling with her family, and she asks, and you ask her, uh, "Do you have a Bible?" And she says, no, I don't have a Bible. So you give her one. And she's caught with it. She turns you in. And you and your family, as well as she and her family, are killed. That was the world of Rahab. That was how she was, how she was living. And by, by hiding these two Jewish spies... She placed her life, her family, everything she had, square on the line because of her faith in God. Well, the second thing, her trust in God arose out of what she heard about God, not necessarily from what she personally experienced. She, she had no experience with God, none. She made a living plying the one of the oldest trades in the in the world and and uh, Her actions, had her actions been discovered by the king, she and her family would have been executed for treason. But in God's boundless grace, he accepted her trust in him and her service to him, rescued her family, and used her for his own divine purposes, causing her to become a model of the faith and an ancestor of Jesus Christ. A prostitute. Don't point your fingers at the people that you think are not living the way that they, you think they should be living, because this may be the next Rahab. Rahab's justification by works wasn't demonstrated by was was not it was not uh, demonstrated by uh, any kind of ritual or or religious activity. And, and, you know, if you were saved later in life, like I was, how did you demonstrate your faith? Did you lay it all on the line? You knew friends would mock you. Family might disown you. The old crowd wanted nothing to do with you. You'd be isolated and rejected in, in, in small ways. My best friend, who now is, is a believer... Uh, Gene Burmaster. Uh, when I got saved and I tried to tell him about it, he 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 attacked me. He said, "Don't be don't be throwing that religious jive on me, John. I don't want to hear it. In fact, if that's the direction that you're wanting to go, I want anything to do with you." And for years after that, we had no contact. Fortunately, God brought us all back together, and and things are right, and they're they're good friends again. But you know, you can feel isolated and rejected and small because of your faith. There are people who who in this in this world, uh, who are who are Muslim, become converted, and their families are. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, Tony Weeder, who is uh, at the uh, uh, Missions Conference of Bethel Baptist this week uh, was a born-again Muslim. And he could not go home and proselytize or he would be killed. His family looked at him as, looks at him as if he is dead. He no longer is part of their family. He, he's, we buried him because he accepted Christ and rejected Islam. Well, Rahab's faith led to action. She demonstrated her faith by putting everything that was important to her on the line for Christ and trusting it to Him without qualification or reservation. She was 100% committed to the Lord, whatever it cost. We don't have persecution today yet. We may. Um, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited again for uh, my. My, my country, that uh, I'm a I'm a proud citizen. I I proudly served her, and and uh, whatever your your political persuasions are, that is is up to you. But but uh, yesterday I saw uh, the results of a president with guts appoint a man of God. Yeah, okay, fine. He's a Catholic, big deal. He's a man of God, and he is going to be serving the Constitution of the United States. You say, well, I sure hope that the uh, the, the, the swamp doesn't uh, infect him. I don't think it will. I think that he's going to be a, uh, a stalwart in, in being a man of faith and a man of action. And my only prayer is that the old people, like Ruth Ginsburg, <laughs> get... Uh, uh, I don't know what whatever happens to her, but uh, we're going to have we're going to have some more uh, because of this president who is a constitutionalist. Yeah, but what about? I'm uh, not worried about that. Yeah, what about Rahab and some of these men who are now in, and women who are now in politics are people of faith and are people of action. So are we going to be people of action with our faith? Long before Rahab was willing to take up her cross and follow him, Mark eight thirty four. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, "If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me." And remember, the cross was a a uh, a picture of of uh, uh, murder. It was it was a horrible death, a sinner's death, a criminal's death, and you identify with the fact that, that uh, your life isn't your own. And you're heading down the road as, the, as a criminal when you follow Christ. From this, from this portion of scripture, Rahab didn't know who Jesus was. She didn't know what taking up the cross meant. This happened way before the crucifixion. And yet, we have the opportunity to look back and see what that means. How are we taking up our cross and following Christ every day? Because that's going to look different to you than it is to me. You know, it may be something in the family. It may be something in work. It may be something in, in education. I would not want to be in a secular college today. I, I really wouldn't. I, I praise God that I was able to go to... Uh, uh, a Christian college, and a and a great uh, uh, Christian uh, uh, school of theology, university, and and I didn't have to put up with those things that are so destructive. You know, I hear I hear stories of, of our children, and and I've got kids that are going to be going to college who I know are they're 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 rock solid in their faith, and their faith is going to be tested. And I, and, and I can't be there to, to protect. All we can do is pray. Man, I wouldn't want to be a kid today, a young man, young woman today, facing the immorality of the university if I didn't have some Jesus on tap. Well, James notes that just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. He likens dead faith... Uh, with without works, to a body without the spirit. A body that doesn't have a spirit is dead. You're dead. <laughs> you're not breathing anymore. You're going to be put into the ground. Both are useless and devoid of any life-giving power. So it's sobering reality that all who profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ will, will, will not be saved. There are people that are going to be lost. And aware of that truth, Paul urged in 2 Corinthians 13:5 examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine test yourselves surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you if not you have failed the test of genuine faith see our faith our faith is going to lead to action we we have expectations and when we place those expectations they may be unrealistic on friends on family you know, on, on the church, and if those if those expectations are unrealistic, we're going to damage one another. So, our faith needs to to lead to action, and perhaps the action that that person is being led to is in a direction that is unfamiliar with us, or maybe not in in, uh, in our uh, in our wheelhouse. So the context surrounding Rahab's story is the Bible uh, doesn't have a whole lot to say about her. It seems that the only account we have is found in Joshua, and initially it seems Rahab isn't exactly heroine material. She's first introduced as a prostitute and not someone that you'd expect to be praised in Scripture. The account is located right in the middle of the biblical account of the launch of of Israel's military campaign to conquer Canaan. And so the Israelites are camped by the Jordan River waiting for their orders to take possession of the land. And Joshua, their new leader, sends in two spies to help planning the help planning of his strategy. And so they come to Jericho, and, and uh, we read that their first stop was the house of the prostitute Rahab. The question that immediately comes to mind is, why would the spies go to a cat house. Well, that wasn't what it was. In reality, it it was this. It was it was an inn. The inn was a place where they could have uh, a f- food. They could have some uh, some catch up on the latest gossip of the day. They could have a place to rest, and if so inclined could go into the back room for the extracurricular stuff. So it wasn't that the main, the main place of business was, was a whorehouse, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. a house of prostitution, I'm sorry. Well, you know what I mean. The Bible, it's biblical. <laughs> it, it, that's what, not what it was. That was kind of the sideline that helped her make her living because remember... Women back then had no way of, of having possessions of any kind. The only commodity they had was their body. So they could go there, they could get a meal, they could gather some information, and, and uh, it was ideal, an ideal location for a quick escape because it was built into the city wall. And God directed, the, God directed these guys to Rahab's house because he knew her heart was open to him. Think for a minute what may have been going through Rahab's mind as these spies entered her in, and she found out for who they were and and uh, where they were from. We already know that the city was trembling in fear of the prospect of the israelites they're, they're, they, these guys were coming in like a horde they were they were uh, they were just just destroying everything in their in their path, and no doubt there were some rather Exaggerating stories uh, floating around about these people from the desert, and, and uh, as they were there uh, were too much collaboration from different sources to attribute it all to myth or legend. You now there is some truth there. But it seems as though Rahab wasted no time in befriending these guys and providing cover for them when her fellow countrymen came to arrest them. And perhaps Rahab saw these spies she, she saw once, perhaps as, as she. As Rahab saw these spies, she saw her chance of escape. And what's important to recognize in the story is the fact that Rahab believed Jericho was doomed; they, they, they were, it was going to fall. It wasn't a question of whether it would, but merely when. And so she was placing everything she had at the risk, at, at risk, for these complete strangers. Rahab based her faith on who God is. Who she knew God, who she felt God was. And God, who does what he says he will do, who keeps his promises, and who protects and saves his people. And in so doing, Rahab willingly surrendered everything she had to, to God. And so, a person who willingly trusts God with their very life, not trying to control it, God rewards their faith. And I believe there are many Christians who are not experiencing the abundant life because their faith is still based on who they are rather than who they are in Christ. And sure, they believe in Jesus as their Savior, but they still don't trust Him with their entire life. I can do it on my own. You know, I, I, I'm I'm going to come to church. I'm going to get my Jesus ticket punched. I'll throw some money in the plate. I'm going to do the things that I need to do. But uh, you know, when I step out the church door, this is this is time where where I am going to flourish as a as a person. Rahab not only believed that the Israelites were coming to conquer and destroy, and that God would fulfill what He told His people He would do, but Rahab placed her trust in God and had faith that she could place her life in his hands. You know, uh, it's, it's during these times that it isn't always easy to see the light or feel the love or hear the voice of God, but that doesn't mean that he isn't there. That's why Jesus said, and it's recorded in John twenty twenty nine. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. I've never seen God. He has never come, I've never seen an angel, I've never seen any kind of a manifestation of, of a spiritual entity, but I've seen his results, and I've seen his results on my life, in the life of my family, in the life of my friends. You know, a guy was, uh, a guy was walking along a narrow edge, and he, he slipped, a narrow path, and he slipped and fell off the edge. I mean, this was like a cliff. And there was, a bit, there was a branch coming out of it. and he, As he was falling, he grabbed the branch and, and was saved. He started crying out, help, help. And he looked up to the heavens and said, if there is a God, save me. And a voice from heaven said, I'm here. He says, uh, who are you? Well, I'm God. Well, save me. He says, I, I, I can and I will well what do you what do you want me to do? He said, "Let go caused the man pause. He looked up again, and he said, "Is there anybody else up there? <laughs> you know we don't want to know and hear the that that truth of letting go, do we that's tough because because we still have to hold on, we still have to hang on and and trusting God is something that 's not only said but it's practiced let me conclude with three things that stand out about Rahab's faith in this story the three takeaways her faith was based not on who she is but on who God is our faith my friends isn't based on who we are but on who God is the second thing her trust in God arose out of what she heard about God not necessarily from what she personally experienced. We hear about God from the Word of God, and we base our faith on that, not necessarily upon any experience that we've had. And the last thing, Rahab's faith led to action. Your faith, my friends should lead you to action. Twice this woman is praised in the New Testament, a woman who didn't even initially belong to God's people. And I believe this is the kind of trust God would have us place in Him this morning. I believe that there are many people in the world today that have not placed their faith in God because they have faith in everything else. And maybe even some here today are... are You've, you've had that re- personal relationship, but you're still struggling with, with letting go. And so my prayer is that you come to that place of having your faith on action, that you in action, that you lay it on the line, even in leading to the destruction of everything that you hold near and dear to you. That's the kind of faith Rahab had, and that's the kind of faith that God has required of us. Think about that.